Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Rain City Bunker. Um, I'm I'm Andy Brown. I'm here with Greg Moon. Good evening. And it is a rainy night in Seattle um, in in December, uh, right around the holiday season. And that's been my kind of experience with uh, Seattle uh, uh, holiday seasons as they tend to be kind of rainy, a little bit gloomy. Yeah, and it's a little dark. Yeah. It's a short time of the year. And I was thinking the reason for uh, Christmas lights is probably just to add a little light. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to get this out of the way right away. Uh, we're doing this show on um, a Sunday following a, a very tragic uh, episode that the <clears throat> whole country is talking about. I'm sure anybody listening to this is going to know about it. And the um, shooting that happened in Newtown, Connecticut, um, where... Um, the guy went in and shot up a elementary school and uh tw- i think 20 20 children 20 children and six adults six adults including the shooter and his mother um and uh yeah you know it's kind of a soul draining thing um to talk about and i know greg i don't i don't think you've been going too back and forth on it on on facebook but i know a lot of people are talking about it on facebook and um, yeah, I'm trying to avoid it on Facebook. You you had a post that I, yeah. I chimed in on a little yeah. bit. Um, I'm talking about a lot of talk. Yeah. That's kind of like where I try to do oh, my political right, right. stuff gotcha. on, on yeah. a lot of talk. And it has taken a political uh, turn, and I, I think it's almost inevitable that this thing is going to bring up um, questions about uh, gun control and uh, mental health, mental health and, and everything. And, um, you know, um, uh, I... I I am not a ban gun person, but I certainly think that there could be more emphasis on gun control. And uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it because, like I said, I'm no expert, and um, I've I've already said kind of my piece on uh, on Facebook. And um, but uh, but this is definitely, I think, this is kind of. In my opinion, I mean, it's one of those things that maybe will uh, will kind of fade away as time goes by. But I have a feeling since there were so many children involved, you know, mm-hmm. children killed in this, that this is going to be one of those things that's going to stick around and is maybe a little bit more of a a, a watershed or game changing sort of episode. Yeah, I've seen some friends on Facebook talk about organizing to get something done about yeah. gun control. Um it is terrible and tragic, and gun control is part of the conversation. I mean, it's America. Yeah, we have the Second Amendment, which is pretty clear, but we we can also talk about. I mean, we've passed laws in the past. In yeah. 1994, there was a assault weapon ban under President Clinton that expired at some point. Right, right. So it's within the realm of conversation of political yeah. topics or or whatever to talk about some sort of controls. Yeah. On guns. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it, America. We can talk about anything. Yeah. And it, and I think you're right. This is a big thing. You know, children. You know, we're not fathers ourselves, but we have nieces and children in our lives and everything. So there's something about children, the innocence of children, that's especially galling. Yeah. So I think you 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 could well have a point. It's it's these type of giant episodes that spur action you know right, whether it was right. back in the 60s vietnam or right. or you know i'm part of the tea party the giant trillion dollar stimulus i mean it's big things that get people's attention right yeah. so i think you could well be right that, that there may be more emphasis or an examination of 
the issues. And it's mm-hmm. not just gun control, though. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit before we start recording. Mental health, that's a yeah. big thing. Because this, this person, from what we know, possibly was Asperger's or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they've said that. They what, what mostly comes across is he had a personality disorder. and, and um, um, So there, there's something there. I mean, I, I don't think you can have one of these, these episodes without the person being... Um, having an having an issue having a mental issue almost certainly yeah um but to kind of move it away maybe i will i will get to something that's maybe kind of hopeful uh, out of this whole thing in in just a second and, and you know maybe if you can follow my logic on this um one of the things that strikes me is i know both greg and i have read this book that i i find an excellent book and and uh, i recommend it is tipping point and uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, right? yeah, you get the author. Then. And in that, he might even, you know, it's been a little while since I've read it. I, he might even talked about school shootings, but I know for sure he talked about the epidemic of teen suicide and how um, it it follows some of these same models that um, that uh, like uh, you know selling shoes or uh, you know marketing soda or whatever mm-hmm. that that has the kind of same sort of follow some of the same sort of patterns that uh economic patterns that that these selling products does and he talked about how it has an epidemic quality to it and um you know some of that uh some of that virology of suicide if you will is uh transmitted via the media and i'm going to be one of the last people i really am a very strong proponent of freedom of speech but maybe this is a time for also a dialogue about um how information is disseminated during these events i know the news is just doing their job and it's a very human thing when stuff like this happens to gather as much information as possible and you know because that's how we work. That's how the human animal works is, you, you know, when something's happening and it's uh, shocking, you want to gather as much data as possible. Um, but, you know, when there's rape cases, they don't say the name of the, the victim. Mm-hmm. So maybe this needs to be turned around a little bit and maybe it needs to be agreed upon. I'm not saying this is the solution, but maybe, maybe something to think about. Maybe you report on the incident, but you don't report on the perpetrator and you certainly don't report on him until everything's known and maybe he doesn't take on and it is mostly males maybe he doesn't take on this quality of celebrity and so it it doesn't have the same influence yeah i i read something today about that exact same topic and i agree with you i think the media is over saturating us or and I like your idea. I'd never heard that before, yeah. but just keep maybe even talk about the uh, let, well perpetrator. Yeah. In this case, we know yeah. he's dead, but yeah. don't maybe talk about some of the circumstances so we can understand. Yeah. Like in this case, possibly uh, developmentally disabled or socially, you know, yeah. obviously social problems yeah. if you're going to go kill someone. Terrible. Yeah. But maybe not use the name. Yeah. Like say, you know, we're not going to disclose the name publicly on our station right for a month. Yeah. And then or maybe never. Yeah. But cuz I I did read an article today. I wish I remembered the specifics, but they were talking about you're exactly what you're saying, this kind of tipping point type of 
behavior with these things that people figure if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blast. I'm going to be world famous. Right. Yeah. It's perverse. Yeah. Terrible, obviously. But there's probably some appeal to these people thinking, oh, I'm going to be famous. Right. So my rage is going to be national, international news. Yeah. Now, and you said rage, and that's a word I want to use to get to my point that I hope will come across as positive because um, when we were teenagers, Greg says he doesn't really remember this that much, but I remember it. I remember a lot of news stories about this and everything. There was, there was concern over um, episodes of uh, and kind of clusters of suicides and uh, teen suicides. And um, I really think that these shootings that we see by young men are very similar to these teen suicides. I think they're based in rage and, and the suicides um, were rage turned against oneself. Mm-hmm. And I think that once again, following kind of the ideas that are in tipping point, you know, that Malcolm Gladwell didn't, didn't create these ideas. He just reported on them. But the idea that there's in trends in, in, um, uh, 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 what would you call them? Like popular phenomena yeah. and so forth. That there's people who are innovators, mm-hmm. and this kind of um, you know storming a public place, a school, a mall, whatever, loaded up with guns and ammunition. The innovators, as far as I can tell, the innovators of of that really were the two guys at Columbine. And um, I hate to use such a po- you know because innovator t- tends to have a positive connotation to it, but. They really were the innovators of this kind of thing. And I think um, what has followed, in other words, they they broke that barrier. They in they kind of created that um, paradigm, that that model uh, for for doing these sort of things. And it's given people who maybe if you had taken them back to the 1980s when we were in high school would have killed themselves. And it's given them a different model to expl- express their rage. Yeah. And, um, and you know, like I said, maybe maybe taking the uh, – because in, the, in this particular model, this particular paradigm, if you will, it, it allows this person who does this to gain fame. It, it allows them to – what do you know – because what do you know about suicides is, is – Often it's a I'll show them sort of sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they'll they'll now know they'll feel bad they'll feel sorry. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a, a a publicity to it. There's kind of a marketing to it, if you will. And um, I think these things it's kind of a it's kind of a a marketing. It's kind of a publicity. And uh, maybe if there's a way to take the steam out of that, maybe that would do something to ameliorate the this yeah. these sort of situations now here's an age but, oh the positive i, I yeah. did want to get to the positive i'm sorry greg i didn't mean to interrupt no. you but but so what often so when there's something like this horrible like this happens it i think it can seem like and this will tie into what we're going to talk about in a bit in a more light-hearted way um but it can seem like the world is going crazy and i don't think this is a sign that the world is going crazy. What I think it is, is I, like I said, I think there are these guys who innovated a different sort of rage and these other guys are following it. But if you kind of look at statistics, like things like violence and particularly violence against children is lower than it has yeah. been in times past. I have a statistic and you may not know the answer, yeah. so I'll ask oh, you. Sure, yeah. What do you think the percentage of homicides are, are through mass murder? 
Um, I'd say it's probably extremely low. Yeah, but yeah, uh, right. yeah. I, I read the statistic today: one percent. One percent. Yeah, absolutely. So one yeah. out of a hundred murders, right, is like something that happened. Yeah. There, at Sandy Hook. Right. It, it, well, it's like how many how many people you know how many people were were killed in terrorism in the United States? Pretty darn you know pretty darn low. Oh, last year probably this year probably none. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it depends on your definition of terrorism. Right. Like right. these shooters. Yeah, in a sense, they're terrorists. They're right, not political well, terrorists. How about like we'll just call it international terrorism yeah. or, or political? Yeah, terrorism. yeah, political terrorism. This wasn't political. This um, was just correct. Yeah, and um, I read also today. I guess I've been reading more than I realized about this. Um, they, there was a report that this this person had an inability or a, a super high threshold to pain. To yeah, not feel pain. Yeah. I forget what the name of that disorder is, but it's, yeah, and, it's very unusual. And yeah. a, a psychologist said that may or may not be related to, yeah. to what happened. Yeah. But there was also a report he was starting to burn himself recently. Yeah. Like, uh, I see, think. See self, self-destructive yeah. rage. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the, uh, his mother had confided to a, a friend and she came out anonymously and talked right. about some of these things. Yeah. And it might be, I mean, we can't, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. But. Maybe he just felt so isolated and unfeeling yeah. that he wanted to try to feel something. It's terrible yeah. and awful. But who knows? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll never know. Yeah. And, you know, to be quite fair and, you know, Asperger's people, people if he, who suffer. If he did have if that. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do this yeah. typically. You I know, mean, it's extremely small percentage, right. if anything. So Yeah. And, you know, and not to talk about this too much, but um, – Something that you know really struck me, and this, this was once again another illustration of of how, how this happens when when these sort of incidents happen, is just how wrong the news media or the media in general got a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. Like they named now, it, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to pile on too much because I think it's it's a byproduct of the type of. Uh, technology we have now you know uh satellite tv cable tv a multitude of news stations instant communication cell phones internet that the that the news media and the way information is disseminated it happens split second and so they're gathering what they can and getting it out as quickly as did possible. You, did you hear any of those reports that they initially uh, named the brother? The brother, yeah, the that's what brother. I was thinking of. Yeah. Did you hear any of those reports? I did. Were well, they couched? Were they, they say this is un, this is a preliminary? No, they said the uh, the shooter has been identified as, and then they so they, they the name. Dis- yeah. So a little disagreement here because if you're on Twitter and you're a person, yeah, just some schlub like we are right. <laughs> on Twitter or Facebook, that's okay. Yeah, but if you're CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whoever, right, right. you have an obligation. There used to be a standard where you would check it and you would yeah. get another source. Yeah, right. I mean, I think, and, and I'm not blaming left yeah. or right or anything like that, but I think be, because of the pressures they're facing yeah. to be out there quickly, they are not living up to what I think is should be what differentiates them between a. Sh- them and a schlub on Twitter, they should have a higher standard, in my opinion. And I'm not saying they should be shut down or anything, but I'm just saying in general, yeah. as if you're going to be so. a trustworthy I've, news source, you right. should be careful about that sort of I thing. I think what you got is is a, a media that's that's trying that needs to learn how to deal with 
how things are now. Yeah. But I remember this going back to when September 11th mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. You know, they, all sorts of crazy. Cessna's, first thing I heard was Cessna. That's yeah. a little different, maybe. I don't yeah. know. That. And I think then they said they weren't sure. Right, right. You know, people were saying, well, someone reported saying that they saw a Cessna. Remember, hit. though, remember, though, Greg, um, that in circum- circumstances like this is it could have started as, I don't know, but it could have started as, as our initial initial reports are identifying the shooter as fill in the blank. Yeah. Wrong name. Yeah. Brother. Right. Uh-huh. Forget what his name was. Yeah. We don't um, want to say the name anyway. But, but then somebody tweets that. Then somebody you know, emails that, then somebody broadcasts that. It, so it, it gets, yes, it ends up getting, um, I don't think it's filtered is the the right way to put it, but it it ends up in this high tech, um, game of telephone, um, where, you know, then it becomes, you know, a little piece of data then becomes a a fact that's reported. I don't think you use social media like I do. (laughs) I use Twitter and Facebook and everything. And I think I've developed personally, and I don't know if everyone, but I developed a little bit of a filter myself, like thinking, "Hey, this is early, and this doesn't sound." Well, that solid. was going to be my that was going to be my next point too. As we as consumers, it's just the people as consumers have to learn, and I think people are learning that you cannot count on you know first information, first impressions uh, in these situations. Yeah, listen to them, put them away, file them, but mm-hmm. you don't know yet. Yeah. You know. Um, so, uh, and I think that's a healthy way to engage with the the type of news that's that happens when this sort of thing happens. Yeah. But. So, um, yeah, very tragic, very sad. Uh, but it, and because it's so, because it happens in numbers yeah. at once, it really attracts attention. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and you know, I I, I think the same day there was like yeah. twenty murders in or nineteen murders in Chicago, right? Or not right. murders, but shootings shootings yeah so i mean but it i think it's worthy of our attention because it brings up issues that we we need to think about right and i think i think mental health we didn't really dive in and we should roll along here yeah but the mental health is something we need to think about too because from what i understand it's very hard to get someone in a mental institution unless they voluntarily go in yeah and jail isn't the right place for a lot of people and that so, brings up, you know, when, when people talk about gun rights, then we're talking about civil rights. You know, I mean, your right yeah. to an is individual in the society. Yeah, it's tricky. It's yeah. a lot of tricky yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we don't normally talk about these kind of current events, but this is such a big thing. And yeah. it is unusual. So our, yeah. our podcast is about unusual things. Yeah, so yeah. this kind of fits in. So um, we're, we both express our deepest condolences yes. to those who, who have lost someone. Yeah. But to move on to lighter, lighter yes, things in our, our normal personal lives, um, you recently, uh, one of our guests um, on our show, Greg, went to go see him perform. Um, why don't you talk about that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, Drew Barth. Uh, we interviewed him, gosh, like 18 months ago, I think it was. So this is the end of 2000. So like mid-11 or early 11. Yeah. And at the time, Drew was leaving Seattle. Uh, Drew is now back in town. And I saw him. He's a Facebook friend. Tell them a little bit, just in case people haven't heard yeah, the show. Yeah, uh, Drew, Drew is a comedian, and uh, it turns out uh, he's moved back to Seattle, and I saw on Facebook that he was going to do a show. It was Thursday night, and it was 10 bucks, so I hopped on the internet and bought a couple tickets and had a great time. Uh, he was by far the best act that evening. <laughs> they weren't the best act, I didn't think, that evening. But Drew is very entertaining, and I, I like his style of humor. Yeah. And he, 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 you know, we in the interview with Drew, we talked about his use or 
comedian's use in general of profanity. And uh, I thought Drew used just the right amount. (laughs) Not too much, but a little spice. He he passed the Greg test. From my personal taste test. But I like that, I mean. Um, And then I think the way he, and Andy mentioned, you mentioned Drew probably has some acting. Yeah, I think he has some acting. During his routine, he does some physical actions that were really... I thought very interesting and added a lot to the oh. show. So anyway, Bart uh, Drew's is a great guy, and uh, Andy. And I talked to Drew and said that Andy and I would like to talk to him again. So we may be talking to him again. Yeah, in the new year. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to hear, um, uh, you know, what his experience because it's such a um, <laughs> uh, American thing. The idea of going to L.A. and you know going to try to become a star and you know and and um, what that's like you know what that 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 process is like well um a few months ago gosh how long ago was it about six months ago or more my nephew left for la and he's in la taking acting lessons and he was in a um an ad for one of the young youthful j crew not j crew but something like american american apparel or something american apparel Yeah. yeah How, so old is, how old is he? He just graduated from high school, oh, so okay. he's eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, good luck to him. Yeah. yeah, it's but you know it's not easy. It's yeah. it's a lot of people there and a lot of talented people. And but uh, you know what? If you when you're young, that's the time to do it. Yeah. I would think. So uh, so yeah, we'll be talking to we'll be talking to Drew again, and uh, hopefully, and uh, I'm yeah, I'm really curious to see uh, what his experience was like. Um, but as Greg said, uh, this. Did you did you say that we were going to do kind of a holiday into the world? Yeah, before we started the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. So what we were thinking is, you know, as, as a lot of people are aware, um, we're heading towards the much hyped um, end of the Mayan calendar. July, December twenty first, twenty twelve, yeah. last day on the calendar. Yeah. You said July. Uh, I meant. Des- I'm sorry. De- Dece- December. Yeah. December twenty first. December twenty first, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Yes. Many people think the world is going to end. Yes, and um, that phenomenon in general. One of the things Greg and I were talking about is is that seems to be like there's um, TV shows on on uh, the, you know his the history not the History Channel but like the learning. Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel. Yeah, one of those y- channels. Y- you know, those things. Um, <laughs> What's it called? Survivors? Well, there was or... one that was called, uh, like, Super Bunkers or something like that. And then there was another uh, – Doomsday Bunkers. And then there was another <laughs> one. There's another show that's called Preppers. And um, Have you seen any of these shows? I saw bits and pieces of the Doomsday Bunker thing. Now, this is one of those things that strikes me that, that like, I wonder um, – you know, uh, without getting too much into the to the gun thing, it'll be interesting to see also how you know because a big part of the Discovery Channel lineup is are these shows where these guys uh, there's at least two different shows that, where they they make and guns and you know restore they make, guns make and, and restore guns, guns and and uh, I wonder how that'll go. But I, I also have kind of a belief that that a lot of these guys, uh, once again, mostly men. I'm sure there's women, but who build big giant bunkers and gather a big collection of guns and everything. It's now, some of them are probably serious. Some of them probably think something's coming and they got to prepare for it. But I also think for a lot of them, it's like an excuse to have big boy toys and, Mm -hmm. and they can go like, but 
I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for my family and everything. Where, where in fact, they're kind of really building the really expensive giant giant equivalent of a fort that we would build out in the woods when we were like, you know, 12 or something like that. Ultimate um, fortified man cave. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But, you know, I'm not one of them, so it's not fair for me to say. Um, but uh, but it is a big thing. It is a big thing. A lot of people are talking about survivalism. There's uh, And there's shows. I mean, one of my favorite shows is The Walking Dead, which is kind of a zombie apocalypse sort of thing. Um, you know, so from the sci-fi perspective of it and so that it's in the air, the idea of things coming to a cataclysmic end and the economic problems that started in 08. Yeah. So that those are kind of lingering problems. So people people are thinking about, you know, the future of the economy and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know what it would, I I think it, it's it's definitely an anxiety that people have, and you know, and I'm as Greg knows, and a lot of people, friends of mine know, I'm a huge horror fan, and and I, but I'm also interested in the the mechanisms of horror and why certain types of horror, um, and I've talked about it on our Halloween shows, like why, why certain types of horror is popular, and and um, and you know, once again, the zombie thing kind of brings up that um, brings up that uh, uh, idea that uh, a big cataclysm will happen and stuff but i i but i wanted to really talk about i think there's certain people who kind of enjoy the fantasy of being like omega man you know if people get the reference or the i am legend guy or the, the lone survivor the lone survivor and in and you know they they enjoy the fantasy personally i think like uh, I, I I don't think there's going to be in a zombie apocalypse, and I that's I don't want one to happen. No. I think it would be no. More... I don't know who would want that. Yeah, I like turning on the faucet and having water, and trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah, switch yeah. and having light. Right. And I like going on the internet and seeing what everyone else in the world is doing. So right. if that were to fail and fall apart, yeah, my life would be a lot worse. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I tend to think maybe I'm being a Pollyanna, but I, I tend to think that. Stuff like collapse of societies, collapse of cultures, doesn't really happen that way. I, I think, I think that it tends to be um, much slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to a certain extent, it could be like, how do you boil a frog? You turn up the heat really slowly. You know. Uh, and I agree with you. And humans are resilient. Yeah. And I always use the example because, you know, in the conservative world, we have more apprehension about <laughs> the economy and stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I try to reassure some people saying, you know, and I'm, this is not really much of a reassurance, but we made it through the Great Depression. Right. It sucked. You couldn't take vacations. You didn't go to the restaurant, but you lived. You survived. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's hard to imagine. But the, actually, you know, you mentioned it. things don't happen suddenly. The uh, fall of the stock market in October of '29 happened right. very suddenly, and the right. and the Great Depression happened really suddenly. Yeah, but after. did that did that that didn't destroy the country? No, it did not. Yeah, evaporate. people still, you know, here's yeah. the here's the thing. But it was a sudden big event. Right. Here's the thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the thing that would require you to go into the bunker and you know get your supplies and stuff. No, look during the depression. People still went to the movies during the depression. People still went to restaurants during the P- depression. Um, our our government still marched on. You know yeah. what I mean. And I would say I don't know the statistics, but I would say probably probably not many Americans starved to death. Yeah. I mean, there's other countries in the world where starvation is a real issue. I think Absolutely. even during the depression, 
maybe some people did in yeah. Appalachia. Yeah. God forbid, but yeah. perhaps some. But it wasn't like mass starvation. Yeah. There were soup lines, but yeah. there was food available, yeah. right? I'd say malnutrition is probably more of a greater yeah. concern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. I think I think my dad was malnourished. Yeah. He was he, born in the late Depression. Yeah. Uh, so that's a real thing, but starving to death is a little worse. Now, <laughs> or a lot worse. To... Now there are things that could be cataclysmic, and you mentioned the mentioned the asteroid. I think that's kind of a yeah. Um, this I found to be very compelling because it happened so close to the end of the Mayan calendar, December twenty first, on December ninth of this year, just a few days ago. Astronomers for the first time identified a an asteroid heading right. Heading right toward Earth, essentially. And on December 11th, that asteroid flew between us and the orbit of the moon. Right. That's a. in Pretty damn close. In astronomical terms, that's extremely close. Yeah. So um, I find that interesting that such a close call happened <laughs> so close to the date. But this was not an end of the world type meteor, uh, asteroid. This would have been a event like the. Tunguska. <laughs> Tunguska event that happened hey, in Russia. We, we pronounced something. <laughs> and refresh people may Tunguska not know what that was. Tunguska was um, early, boy, um, early 20th century. Uh, I want to say like 1914 or something yeah, like something that. something like that. Um, there was a huge explosion uh, in Siberia um, that f- flattened trees. And they still, you can still find evidence of it, like uh, the explosion pattern by how the trees and uh, are, fell over and so forth. And... Um, they uh, they believe something. I think the most common theory is it was an asteroid, um, not a meteor, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know more astronomy than I. I do. think an asteroid becomes a meteor, meteor when, when it, it hits okay. the atmosphere. So a meteor that exploded in near in the near Earth atmosphere, and um, and had the force of uh, twenty megatons, a huge nuclear twenty thermal, megatons. Nuclear, fortunately, like that. fortunately that that part of the world was not occupied. I, you know, I always yeah, it was do, Siberia, very sparse. Right. I always do wonder if maybe there were like, you know, there might've been people, a couple casualties Yeah, that we never knew about just because it's so remote. And this, the size of this asteroid was between 50 and 165 feet. Yeah. And that's, they estimated it would have been similar to that event, yeah. but imagine something like that hits the East coast, yeah. Europe. Yeah. A dent, that could have killed millions of yeah. people if that yeah. hit a densely uh, populated part yeah. of the world. And so what are people thinking when they say when the Mayan calendar ends, it's the end of the world? Do they think like an asteroid's going to hit us like this or <laughs> you bigger? Know, I think there's a or lot of... Or do they think that society's just going to break down or there's going to be a nuclear I, you war? Know, I think the, what I, does the end of time mean? I think all, I think all of those. I, you know, I would love to know why this particular thing, maybe just because the Mayans... Unlike a lot of other cultures, just extended their calendar so far into the future, and then it had an end point that maybe pe- people freak out. But I also think like there's this thing that we do that I've noticed in Western culture where we, in 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 a way, it's kind of culturally insulting, where it's it's kind of making things exotic, you know, where it's like. I mean, how many <clears throat> how many times have you heard, you know, the, oh, Native American spirituality? It's like, well, why is any particular group spirituality more spiritual than any other spirituality? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's an it, it's making things exotic. You know, in mm. the Mayans, it's just so exotic. And and um, but 
you know, if you do anything, God, you know, uh, any project that you're involved with, there's some point where you just stop doing it, right? I mean, usually, yeah. Um, and uh, so I don't know why this particular one. There's, <clears throat> I'm sure there's something I, I'm I'm not aware of. I do. This is something I wish I kind of looked into before we we start talking. But there was um, a guy, a really interesting guy, uh, Terrence McKenna. He died uh, several years ago now, I think. Who was kind of inherited the the psychedelic mantle of Timothy Leary. He was a guy mm-hmm. who, I think, both he and his brother. Um, you know, experimented with psychedelics and wrote about it. And and I remember him years ago, that was one of the first references I saw to the Mayan calendar was from Terrence McKenna. So people can follow that if they want. I'm sorry, I don't have any more details on that. But I do kind of wonder where this started yeah, someone dug happening. it up and hyped it. And and I do think, you know, the the show that's a, a, a at least a slight inf- at the very least a slight influence on the show that Greg and I do, the podcast, is Coast to Coast. I know they talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um so I think they were one of the So the reason I asked that, what are they thinking? Cuz why build a bunker in the ground if a black hole's going to suck up the earth? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> maybe the, will yeah. be maybe worthless. they they think it's going to be something else. They like think a it's going to a pole. I remember people talking about pole the, shift the magnetic and, pole shift I mean, and i read yeah. about that yeah preparing for this yeah the and evidently every so often in uh earth history the pole shift in right. the, the the main like north pole becomes south pole whatever right. and but they say that happens over like a span of a thousand years. it doesn't happen instantly yeah, yeah. it happens once again like over say, a yeah, period of time yeah, yeah yeah and we would adjust and live right, right. And, and survive yeah. and humans are resilient so that's a good point you have so unless it's something just beyond belief like what they speculate came down and destroyed the dinosaurs right we're gonna evolve and make it whether because even argentina here's an example argentina had an economic collapse in 1999 uh i think they were in massive debt and they defaulted or something like that and they had hyperinflation it sucked their standard of living went down but now they're creeping back up and things go back to normal after a while yeah so, and, you know, I'm very concerned about the debt, but yeah. even if we default on our debt, things will be terrible right. <laughs> for 10 years yeah. or so. But then, you know, yeah. we would rebuild. Well, and here, here's something to, to quote another psychedelic pioneer, Robert Anton Wilson, um, if people are familiar with him, who, who <clears throat> always used to call money bio-survival tickets <laughs> that really are just pieces of paper that really just stand for our belief in them, right? Yeah. But I mean, it, it, that, that system works pretty well, though. Yeah, yeah. We went off the gold standard in 1970. Actually, Nixon took us off the gold standard right. completely. But the, and they it, call it fiat money, yeah. which means it's just worth what we, what yeah. traders say it's. Worth. It's kind of magic in a way. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of a magical thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Should we give? Should we end on a positive note and talk about? Well, or, I want to add one or, more oh, yeah, sad sure, or not sad. One more yeah. scary. thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I. And there's another uh, – there's a new show locally called uh, Ground Zero with the host Clyde. I forget his last name. And I've been listening to him once in a while when I'm going to sleep. So it's, he's kind of a coast-to-coast knockoff. So we're all yeah. – or maybe coast-to-coast knock Tim off. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they've been around for a while. But so anyway, yeah. we're all kind of doing weird, funny science stuff. Anyway, he said – and I cannot confirm this. I looked all over the internet. But he said on his show about a week ago – that uh, the Large Hadron Collider that Andy and I have talked about many times in the past, it's supposed to go to full power on 
December 21st, 2012. No! So he was saying like they might accidentally create a little black hole that yeah. like I was talking about black, black hole sucks yeah. the earth into it and then we're right. all toast. But I could not confirm that. But that's another way we could yeah. go on the twenty first. Well, and then, and then you were talking about. Um, I, mean, I remembered as you were you were talking about that. You talked about the birds that you kind of the ominous thing of the birds yeah. dying on, on January first of this year. Yeah, uh, I'm sure some of you may remember, but uh, there was these odd happenings of birds just falling out of the sky. Yeah, and <laughs> so you're driving along the road and dead birds yeah. are falling out of the sky. That that is something out of yeah. an apocalypse. It way, is right. But you know, now here's here's my thing, and this kind of goes back to some of the first stuff that we're talking about. Um, I I think um, a, weird stuff happens, and and I you know I love some weird stuff too. But the show is about weird. It's stuff. about weird stuff. But we're so connected now that sometimes these things that maybe <clears throat> years ago would have would have been like, huh, that's interesting. Like seriously, think about this, Greg. Before the internet. Archaeologists looked at the Mayan calendar, found Mayan calendars, looked at it, went, "Boy, that's odd." They stopped doing stuff at December twenty-first, right? <laughs> and this, they found this. You know, they were talking about this in the seventies. Let's say it ended December twenty-first, nineteen eighty, right? Nobody would even know about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody would be talking about it unless you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, they had books. Yeah, they'd have like you'd be at stuff. some academic conference yeah. where you'd be talking about that, or, or let's say the birds. You know, um, as weird it is. They were dropping somewhere. It would be make the local news in Topeka, Kansas, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Now and, it's, and that's on on YouTube. It was yeah. local news talking about. It. Yeah. So now these things take on larger life than they probably would have. In yeah. The past. Oh yeah. The internet makes all kinds of crazy things. We know, like even this shooting. Yeah. If this was in 1970, it would have been headline news, but. All these details, like you mentioned, flying yeah. around and people knowing yeah. Twitter before. Yeah. So we are more connected, even more connected. In yeah. 1970, we, were, we had radio and television yeah. And, yeah. and telephones. Right. I mean, we had a lot of things, but yeah. Internet hyper-connects us. Yeah. And it's there's there's many, many great things about that and many, many things bad and many things in between about that. So – but Greg and I, and we're doing a podcast on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Greg and I wanted to, you know, talking about the Mayan thing, we wanted to um, end on a positive note. Yes. That, that will that will illustrate just everything that we're talking about. Um, and this um, this is, comes from I have a subscription to Discover Magazine, and this is kind of their end of the year roundup thing. And uh, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but. <clears throat> um, the it's number thirty three on their list of stuff that happened this year, the Mayan Astronomy Office unearthed, and uh, basically, um, their researchers from Boston University and the University of Texas unearthed a small room, two walls of which were marked with astronomical astronomical tables predicting movements of the Moon, Venus, and Mars, and um, you know these murals are like the ones that everybody talks about the Mayan calendar. Um, the earliest of these numerical murals created in the ninth century are the oldest Mayan astronomical tables ever found. And the place they were created, uh, and the place where they were created is the first documented Mayan office space. <laughs> so it's like, a, <laughs> so it's like a, like where we work, how boring. Um, so this is probably where, um, uh, you know, they say probably a place where scribes copied tables or made calculations and, just to wind it um, 
wind it up. This is the last paragraph. For the record, the Xoltan murals further debunk the popular notion that the ancient Mayans predicted the end of the world in 2012. Stuart, you know, was one of the people they interview, and the Stuart notes that the table's reference dates 2,000 years into the future, showing, showing the Mayans were quite confident that the clockwork of time would keep going just fine. Yes, and also that, that so that basically tells us this whole Mayan thing is pointless. Yeah. Because they found one that goes 2,000 years into the, beyond right. now. Unless, you know, of course, you know, there's people out there like, this is a cover-up. They, <laughs> they don't want people panicking, you know. Okay, and that's, that could be. Yeah. But also NASA assures us, I didn't read the article, but there's an article on the NASA website. They felt compelled to explain how the world will not end, at least by astronomical phenomena right. on uh, December 21st. And except I don't know if they knew about that asteroid that flew by. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much we can trust NASA. Yeah, right, right. But at least they're telling us yeah. it's looking like there's no big asteroid. Yeah. Maybe there's a small one going to sneak in, but nothing big coming at us. Yeah. So we ought to survive Friday, yes. fingers crossed, yes, and enjoy Christmas, yes, and in 2013, absolutely. So yeah, we will uh, we will be definitely on the air again, and if if not, well, I won't have anybody around to say <laughs> that I was wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So yeah, this is a good prediction that we will continue. <laughs> It's better than not con- the prediction of not continuing. Yeah, absolutely. That's easy to debunk. But if we say we're, <laughs> we're going to continue, they can't debunk that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to end this one. And uh, every- On an up note after a couple yeah, <laughs> a couple sad downer topics. Yeah. Um, so everybody who hears this before the holidays, have a, a great holiday. and Happy uh, Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. And Kwanzaa. And we'll probably, well, not probably, <laughs> and after December 21st, we will be talking to you in early 2013. We will. We will. Happy holidays. <laughs>